Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's podcast, today's episode. We are in Jeremiah chapter number 11, so if you would uh, take a moment and turn there if you're following along, I'll need to turn there myself. I uh, usually have my my page marked, but not today. So Jeremiah chapter 11, I uh, have a postcard I wanted to share with you from Nicaragua. This is from my very trusted, hardworking co-worker, Erin Sigstad, and her wonderful daughter, Kat. They just went on a missions trip with our church uh, to Nicaragua, and what a trip it was. Uh, we work with a group called Project 14, a Bible college, many churches that we've helped to plant over the years. And I'm telling you, if you're ever looking for a life-changing, really affordable missions trip, Call us, let us know. We'd love to have you join us or set up an opportunity for you to go to see this place. This is Nicaragua and Project 14. So thank you, Aaron, for uh, bringing that card back with you. We are in Jeremiah chapter 11. And uh, Jeremiah chapter 11 is another, I, I hate to say it this way, it's another negative message uh, but when you think through messages like these, at the end of the day, they're really not negative because bad news can become good news when we respond humbly to it. And that's the point. And that's really the point that the Lord has in keeping these letters preserved for us because uh, the nation of Judah that heard these messages long since gone. Uh, those people are long since dead. Uh, they made their mistakes. Uh, they rebelled in their way. But there's hope for us. And so God has preserved the these messages, these prophetic words, so that you and I can see them and make application and, Lord willing, not make the same mistakes that they made all these many years ago. Look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 11 and verse number 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So God now says to Jeremiah, I want you specifically to reference the covenant I have made with my people. Remember, Israel and now Judah it's still the same nation, but it's just two of the 12 tribes. Remember, the northern kingdom is already done, obliterated uh, back over 100 years before this. So God is reminding them of the covenant he made with the nation many, many years before. Uh, we're talking about all the way back when God led the people out of the land of Egypt, uh, through the Red Sea, established his covenant with them. Remember at Mount Sinai, the giving of the law the establishment of the first covenant. That's what he's talking about because the covenant was a reiteration by the Lord of his commitment to his people, of the promise he had made to Abraham 
of the renewed commitment he had to his people to go into that promised land that he had promised to Abraham and to the other forefathers, the other patriarchs. And so, and the covenant had conditions. Basically, the covenant was worship God, worship God alone, serve him, and God is going to protect you. He's going to feed you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to over and above. And so the covenant and all the people of God that were there when the covenant was given through Moses to them uh, were more than happy that God was their God and that they were his peculiar treasure. And yet over the years, what do we find? We find that the people of God have not kept their end of the bargain. God has been faithful. God has been more than faithful. God has been merciful. God has been more than merciful. But God's people have failed. And so, Jeremiah, I want you, as you preach to God's people, to my people, I want you to remind them that they knew. We talked about this. I told them all the blessings that were potentially theirs. And then I also warned them of all the curses that could come if they would violate the covenant. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 27, even back in chapter 11, the reiteration of the covenant as the tribes stood on one side of Shechem on Mount Ebal, and the other tribes stood on the other side of Shechem on Mount Gerizim, and they rehearsed the blessings and the cursings after Joshua entered the land with the people. So this was not something God's people did not know. Jeremiah, go remind them. Look at verse number three. Say thou unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant. And that wouldn't be shocking to God's people as a fact, because they knew that they were inviting the curse of God when they willingly and knowingly disobeyed the covenant, not the least of which was the, the Ten Commandments. Look at verse number four, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, obey my voice, do them, that means do the commandments, according to all which I command you, so shall ye be my people and I will be your God. So what does God do there in verse number four? He just reiterates the whole process. He reiterates that whole event by saying, hey, I rescued you from the iron furnace, from a place of slavery, from, from Egypt. I brought you over. I gave you this wonderful, powerful promise and said, just obey me. Do what I've told you to do. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences. But if you do, there's great reward. This is not rocket science. God's reminding them of the simplicity of simple obedience and loyalty to God. Sometimes we sing the song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. At the end of the day, the, the, the responsibility we have to God is a simple one. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. That's what Solomon learned after a long life of chasing the wind. After a long life of having wrong priorities, at the end of the day, Solomon said, I just realized it comes down to having a healthy attitude toward God, fear God, and doing what he tells us to do. And that's exactly what Jeremiah is preaching here. 
verse number uh, five, that I may perform the oath, God continues to speak, that I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then answered then answered I, this is Jeremiah now, because God said, this is the message I want you to give. He's not preaching it yet. He's receiving it from the Lord. This is the preacher in his study. This is the Bible teacher getting ready to go to present to his class. He's met with the Lord. The Lord's given him a message. Now he needs to give this message to his people. And always remember that when God gives a message to people, he gives a message through a preacher. And so the message must come to him first. If the preacher doesn't receive the message, if the teacher doesn't accept the message, then it's never going to go through him to them. So watch how Jeremiah receives and approves of the message that God gives to him. Verse number five, that I may perform the oath which I I have sworn unto your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then answered I, Jeremiah, and said, so be it. O Lord. So be it is a translation of our word, amen. Amen. So amen, Lord. I agree, Lord. Let this be so, Lord. Now think about what was Jeremiah agreeing to? Jeremiah was agreeing that God's people would now face the consequences of disobedience. Jeremiah was was agreeing that this message needed to be preached. This message that announced the consequences or the curses of not having followed God. So be it, Lord. Sometimes the hardest thing to say amen to is those things that are hard to hear, those things that are hard to say, those things that are uncomfortable to do. And yet Jeremiah is saying amen to all of that. God, this is what you want me to do. Amen. Too often we're guilty of just saying amen to the things that we agree with, the things that we want to happen. And yet Jeremiah had such a walk with God, such a fidelity to the word of God and confidence in his word that when Jeremiah knew it was from God, okay, God, amen. What a sweet and submissive spirit he had. Verse number six, then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all these words. So now Jeremiah has received this message from God. Now it's time to proclaim this message for God. Verse number six, that then the Lord said unto me, proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem saying, hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. Okay, Jeremiah, I've told you now go everywhere, go into the streets, go into the city, uh, go down every alleyway. Just, I want everybody to hear this message. And Jeremiah, they're not going to come to you, so you better go to them. And so often is the case in the Word of God that the message that God wants for people is not a message that he deposits into a place. Like, okay, go to this church building and hear it. Or go to this uh, campground and hear it. No, but God deposits his message not in places, but in people. And then he mobilizes those people to go tell that message to people that would not come hear it. And that's you, my friend, watching this podcast. That's you listening right now in your car. God has put his message in you to some degree. Even now, he's doing that for all of us. 
And our job is to be mobilized, to take that message where we go in our own circle of influence and make a difference. That's what Jeremiah did. Verse number seven, for I earnestly protested unto your fathers. This is God speaking. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, obey my voice. So as Jeremiah preaches the message from God, Jeremiah is supposed to say to, to God's people, hey, God's been telling you this for a long time. God has been making this protest against your behavior. He's been highlighting your disobedience for a long time. I like the metaphorical language when he says, God's been rising up early and proclaiming. Now, obviously, the Lord doesn't sleep or slumber. He doesn't rise up in the sense of he slept last night and now gets up out of bed at the alarm clock. That's not what that means. It's it's a it's a metaphor, which means to rise up and early, to rise up early and do something means this is a priority. So God is saying this is a priority message. To rise up early and do something is also a sense of urgency. Well, I got to get up early because I got long days of activity. I got to get started on this important task. So it's not only priority, but it's also urgency. And then I would say this, rising up early and proclaiming is also a, it's an indication of God's mercy. And God's not waiting until the last minute to say, oh, hey, by the way, you're about to get judged because of you've done wrong. No, God has been proclaiming this since early in the morning. So for for Israel, for many, many years, it's not like God is just now telling you that you're wrong. He's just now telling you that you need, need to repent. No, he's been telling you. He's been telling you. And now the evening has come. And now it time's running out. And now you still haven't listened. So that's the point of God reiterating this point, rising up early and saying, Well, that's about all the time that we have for today. So we'll end there in verse number seven, jump right back into verse number eight, next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.